0: Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Hebrews, chapter 6, verse 17 through 20. It's good to have Brother Ball with us tonight from Batesville, Mississippi. Appreciate you being with us. Amen. It's good to have Grace tonight. She's been coming for several weeks. We're just excited and thrilled to have grace with us here at Apostolic Life. Amen. It's good to have some of Life Point with us tonight. Praise God. It's good to have Brother and Sister Ward with us tonight. Appreciate them for being our guest tonight. Amen. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 17 through 20. Wherein God willing He more abundantly to show to the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel. Confirmed it by an oath. That by two immutable things in which it was impossible, by say impossible, for God to lie. We might have a strong consolation who having fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us which hope we have as an anchor of the soul both sure and steadfast and which entereth into that within the veil whither the forerunner is for us entered even Jesus made him made an high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek lord we're so thankful God, we're so thankful to be in your presence. God, to worship, to praise, and God, to follow after the Spirit. For we know you've come with a plan tonight, and we're the purpose of that plan. Hallelujah. God, we want to submit ourselves to you wholeheartedly. And Lord, just to be sensitive to your Spirit. I pray for your anointing tonight. Lord, help me deliver your word. And God, help us all to receive it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Amen. I want to preach for a little while. I say that I don't really know how long it's going to be. I'm going to preach a while. That don't sound nearly as good as a little while. Amen, but we're going to just see what the Lord has on this thought. The hope set before us. The hope set before us. In the scripture text, it says, Thus God determining to show more abundantly the heirs of promise, the immutability of his counsel confirmed it. God confirmed it by an oath by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, that we might have strong consolation, who have fled for refuge to lay hold, everybody say lay hold, of the hope set before us. And as I was studying this this afternoon, the thought of this service, of this message has been on, you know, kind of coming to me over the last couple of weeks. And I'm glad it came back around today. Amen. Three o'clock it came and I didn't have direction. But God did. Praise God. But as I begin to read that, two immutable things. What an encouraging word. There's two things. The word immutable means unchangeable. Not susceptible to change at all. God cannot lie. And how encouraging, and I pray this message be encouraging to everyone that is here. Because God's, the two immutable things, number one is God's word or his promise is unchangeable. God will not change his promise. He will not change his word. For it is forever settled in heaven. It is immutable. It is unchangeable. But then God went a little further, and we would wonder why would God have to go further when he is immutable or unchangeable with the promises that he gave us. The Scripture says the promises of God are, yea, and in him Amen, is forever settled. But he did go a little further, and there's another immutable or unchangeable thing, and it's called the oath that God swore by himself for there's none greater than him. Why would God need to make an oath about something he's already gave a promise to that he can't change? That oath was not for him to abide by. He doesn't need it to abide by. But that oath was a double-layer assurance to you and I. Because we face humanity. We deal with doubts and times in our lives. But we can go back to that word. And no matter what we're thinking, no matter what the devil's trying to tell us, no matter what kind of gainsayers there may be, or doubts that are coming against our faith, one thing we can turn back to the word of God is say, We've got a promise that is unchangeable. God is committed to it, He will not change His word But he went a little further just to remind us, and he gave us an oath. And these are two immutable, unchangeable things from God. He spoke to Abraham a promise that was unchangeable. Hello? Y'all all right tonight? Good. Pray the Lord encourage you because. Abraham's not the only person that has promises. There's promises in the hearts of God's people here tonight. There's things that you hold to that you feel and know that God has promised you. But let me go a little further. If you want some promises from God, open this Bible, and it is full of promises. He said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Come on, somebody. He'll be with you to the ends of the world. He said he will help us in that right early. And I, I can't go through all the promises, but this Bible is full. I'm not a well, let me catch up myself here. I'm not a, what do you call it? Blab it and grab it, name it, claim it. There you go. It's coming now. I'm getting all tongue tied in the brain. I'm not a, you know, name it, claim it preacher, but I am because the Word of God names the promise and we ought to claim that promise. We need to take and lay hold of it and we need to lay claim to it and say I am going to take this personally from God. It's not just something that once was said it's not something that he did for somebody else only but a promise is to all generations and the word of God is to all of mankind. I'm, I, I want to encourage you tonight. We can let these promises lay there door and unclaimable in our lives, but we ought to go back to this word and say, wait just a minute. I've got some promises right here. When the doubts come, the promise will be here to reassure me. Oh, I want to encourage you. In fact, I'm going to personally do a study and I'm going to find all the promises that are in this book because every one of them are mine. Come on, we used to sing about all the promises are mine. You know that every promise in this Bible is yours? Come on. And we can let it lay dormant. We can go through the trials. We can go through seasons. We can let doubt come into our hearts. But we've got to promise that everything's going to be all right. We've got to promise, that all things work together for the good to them who love the Lord, who are called according to his will and his purpose. No matter what we're facing in life, God's going to get involved in it. And God's going to turn around and God's going to work a fulfillment of his promise that it's going to work together for our good. You know, we go through some things in life, and we say, I can't see the good in this. Well, go to the word of God. There's some good somewhere going to come out of it. Well, clap your hands to Jesus. Abraham had the immutable And that's why in Romans 4, 20 and 21, it gives us a testimony of Abraham's faith in those promises. Now, watch. I'm not taking anything away from Abraham's faith. But the reason is faith could be so strong. Not that he could just conjure it up in himself and convince himself to have faith. But faith must be based upon something. Hello, it's not just something we try, oh, well, I have faith, praise God, it's going to happen. If it's not based on something that's already written, something already known by knowledge, then our word given, then we don't have anything to really base it on. Now, our faith is in God because we know he's a real God. We know he's an all-powerful God. We know through this Bible what kind of God we serve so we can put faith on him. We can have faith on the miraculous because we have the word of God that teaches us the miraculous. We can have faith on healing because it's based upon the word that tells us lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. That by these stripes ye were healed. So there is a basis for our faith. And so Abraham had a basis. He heard from God. He got a promise, and he knew God could not lie. Come on. God made a covenant, and he knew that God would not go back on a covenant. So we say, what is it that kept Abraham, where this scripture could be recorded of him. Let's read it together. For he, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. Now, stagger means to lose, you know, balance, if you will. Somebody staggers, they kind of wobble a little bit. But he never wobbled. He never wavered. He never staggered at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith. Giving glory to God. He was giving glory to God. Watch this in verse 21 and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able to perform it. I want to ask you are you persuaded? that God is able to perform these promises that he gave us. Come on, the devil wants us to doubt it. the devil wants us to categorize it. He wants us to put it back in a historical events and of a one-time generation and even denomination tells you out Pentecostal speaking in tongues and getting the Holy Ghost was for a bygone era. But we know that's not right. We know that it's still real. We know that God is still pouring out his spirit. But that same attack of the enemy will come to you and I and say that recorded word was historical and that you don't have a real basis today and we know that's a lie from the pits of hell for this word is for he said I will change not I am the same yesterday today and forever aren't you thankful that you can stand on God's holy word and you can be persuaded that God is able he's not shortcoming he's not weak he has a got too old. He hasn't got in, uh, the uh, uh, inability but our God is able. Everybody say our God is able. The angel of the Lord told Sarah when she laughed when the fulfillment was being, prob- being told them and he said well, is anything too hard for the Lord? Look at your neighbor and say is anything too hard for the Lord. I'm telling you, this is just simple preaching. But it's something to hold on to. Lay hold of the hope that is set before us. This Bible came before us. And it was recorded throughout the history of time when God moved through the Holy Ghost upon holy men as they were moved on by the Holy Ghost and they recorded this word. You know what they were doing? It was history, but it was full of promises and principles and, and things of God, but it's something I can hold on to and I know that God is able. Well, hallelujah. He was fully persuaded that what God had promised are we fully persuaded? Hello? Now, you, you may go back and say, well, wait a minute, Pastor. If he was fully persuaded, if he did not stagger at the promises of God, why did he agree to have a child with Hagar? Why did he do several things throughout the Scripture that kind of indicate he may be wavering or struggling? The Bible never exempts us from our humanity but this basis no matter how weak he got no matter how many doubts may have come against him he went back to the basis of under those stars when God spoke and said if you can count them your children are going to be greater than that if you look to the grains of the sand your children are going to be greater and so he had a basis to say I don't know what I'm feeling I don't understand God's time I don't understand God's way and I'm willing to try whatever but one thing I am assured God is going to make me the father of many nations you see let me help us a little bit or let the Lord help us we are human too and we also feel like we're staggering from time to time maybe it seems that we're wavering or doubting but our humanity is in operation and we can't figure out how God's going to do it. We can't figure out when God's going to do it. Hello, but we are still, we are still assured, sister Rachel, God's going to do it. So don't let it mess with your faith just because your humanity shows up on the scene and just because doubts run through your mind and questions race through you and you start trying to figure it out on your own, but just you know in your heart, you know, I, I'm trying to figure it out and I'm wondering which way it's going to happen. I, I wonder when it's going to happen. I don't know the answers to all of that, but there is one thing I do know, that he is able to perform it. I do know that God is going to fulfill it well praise God now you said, why would a message like this be important very important because the devil wants to erode our faith he wants to wear thin our commitment to the promises of believing in the promises of God because if he can get us to begin to waver or stagger, or doubt, and by into end of that, we can lose hold of them. Hello? And get discouraged and waver in our walk with God. But hold on just a minute, saints of God. Come on, let's pray right now. Lord Jesus, there's a divine purpose for this message. God, to remind your precious people that they can lay hold and lay claim to your wonderful promises. It's what you have given us to function. It's what you have given us for our future. It's what you've given us in times of trials and storms. It's what you've given us through the seasons of our life. And God, we're going to hold to that that promise, and we're going to believe, and we know that you're able to perform it. The reason Abraham could do this, because he had a basis, and I want to encourage you tonight. You've got a basis. It's it's not something that's hype. Oh, y'all quiet on me tonight. It's not hype. We get told that it's hype, but it's not hype. It's not hype, my friend, when tears are soaking your pillow at night because you're hanging on trusting God. When, when flesh is telling you to throw in the towel and give up and don't believe in it anymore, this Word of God, when you open this Bible and you begin to read it over and over again, I want to encourage you tonight. That's the promises of God that you can hold on to. It's not hype, but it's something that you can hold on to, and nothing can take it from us. Somebody ought to lay claim to the promises of God. I say, I'm going to say it again. Somebody ought to lay hold and secure it and claim your promise from God. Mm. Now let's go a little further. In the Scripture, if I can back, back up here, The hope, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast. Again, we see the sureness and the steadfastness. But let's back up. What is the hope set before us? Three things I want to bring out in that one verse. And I'm not reaching, I'm being inclusive. Okay? It's not exclusive, it's inclusive. Hope is something that hasn't happened yet, because if you've got it, you don't hope for it; you possess it. So, hope—the word "hope" is speaking about something that is in front of us that has not taken place yet, right? And we have hope that it's going to take place, and that hope is on the basis of something. But then the word "set" means secure steadfast, it's not going to be moved from us because the Lord put the hope before us. Everybody say set. That means secure, steadfast, unmovable. It is a hope that nothing can take it away. You say, well, I lost my hope. That's because you put it down. You must say, well, we can, we can walk away from our hope. Yes, you can. But that hope will always be there, and that hope cannot be removed. You say, how can that be possible? I'm going to share with you how it's going to be possible. But it's a hope that Jesus Christ put there, and no man can ever take it out of existence. You may, we may get our eyes off of it. We may try to forget about it. We may try to lose hope, faith in it. But it will always be there to the calling away of the church that hope will be there because it is set, it is secure, it is unmovable. And then it said the hope set before us, that word before us, and this is just country boy thinking, okay, is something that is available to me. Hello? The hope that is secure, steadfast, unmovable, unmovable, I could go further and say always available to me. And that hope is always available to you. Whether you pray or you don't pray, that hope is available. If you walk out on God tonight and don't come back for 20 years, that hope was always available. To every backslider on the countryside that is not coming to church and they're not living for God, that hope is available. To every person that has never uttered a prayer to heaven, to that agnostic, to that atheist, that hope is forever set before them. Nothing can move that hope. It is there for them and available. All they've got to do is lay hold of the hope that was set before them. All they've got to do is turn to a place called Calvary, to an old rugged cross that Jesus died and gave his life and shed his blood, Brother McGill, and that set hope. When Jesus gave his life on Calvary, Something happened that forever gave us hope. And that's why he endured the cross for the joy set before him. Hello? Why was it a joy to go to Calvary? Oh, it wasn't a joy. He he cried out, let this cup pass from me. Three times he prayed in agony and he sweat as though it was great drops of blood. That was the humanity part of him. But the God part of him, went and it was joy. Why? Because he knew when it is finished, Brother McGill, there will be a hope for all of mankind. That no matter where they go in life, what kind of mess they get in, how far from God they may go, how difficult, how evil they may become, how messed up they may get, regardless of how many mistakes they make. There will always be hope. Can I tell you if our world needs anything, it needs hope. Our world, a lot of people in our world don't feel like there is hope. No hope they can change. But yet the Bible tells me because of that hope of Calvary that we can become a new creature and all things, old things are passed away and behold, all things become new. I don't know about you, but the world I'm familiar with, Sister Lee, they need that kind of hope that they can change, that the old man can die and that a new man can be born again and they can walk in newness of life. That may sound crazy to them, but I promise you, if they can ever get a hold that that is a reality. They will want to reach for it, or they should want to reach for it. In every prison across North America where there's 7.4 million prisons, prisoners behind bars on this very night. Every one of them, Brother Bobby, regardless of what their record sheet says, regardless of how many years they've been in prison and what they've done, there is hope. When somebody walks into that prison, when they open up a Bible and begin to read, they've got hope that is available to them. Don't you let ever let anything remove your faith and the hope that is available. By his stripes we were healed. Did you know, no matter what sickness we have, there's hope set before us. Woo, I could preach a little while on that. Calvary done it. Nobody can remove Calvary. And Calvary gave a hope like this world has never seen before the greatest hope anybody could ever have is because of Calvary. It is not a respecter of persons. It don't care what color our skin is. It don't care come on somebody how bad of a life that we live. It could be a Barabbas. It could be an atheist. It does not matter because Calvary is no respecter of persons. When that blood was shed it was shed for all sins of all mankind and it gave hope to whosoever will. Let him come now that hope set before us it means it's available but it also means something else at least just in common sense you might not find it in a theological book or commentary but you might that hope set before us means it was there before I existed before I ever was born on this old world, that hope was set before me. If you were born After the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, even before then, there was a hope that was set because Jesus was coming. He was going to, God was going to robe himself in flesh and dwell among us. But ever since Calvary, when I was born in this world, when you were born into this world, when you were born into this world, there was a hope that was set available to you that no matter where you were in life, there's hope. I'm thankful tonight that before I ever entered this whole world, before I ever made bad decisions, before I ever got on drugs and alcohol, I'm so thankful tonight that there was hope set before me. Woo. Everybody said the hope set before us. When I got to reading that today and all that got to come, I'm thinking, man. Hope set before us. That's a pretty short scripture with so much of a message. Come on. I could quit preaching, I guess, right now. No, no, don't no hope for that. Watch this. Which hope we have as an anchor of the soul? Everybody say soul. It's most sure and it's dead fast, which entereth into that within the veil. For the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus made a high priest. This is something that Jesus did that was done once and for all. Hebrews 10, 19 to 25. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. By a new and a living way, which he hath consecrated for us. Through the veil that is to say his flesh. Whenever Jesus died on Calvary, that veil at the temple split in twain. Come on. And it gave us an interest. It used to be a high priest that would have to go in there and sprinkle the blood on the mercy seat for our sins. But no more because the high priest of all high priest gave the blood to to whosoever will. And because of that, that veil was split in twain. No more was there a barrier between us and the Holy of Holies and because of Calvary every one of us tonight there's a hope that's set before us we can come into the Holy of Holies we can walk right into his presence we're right into his glory come on you don't have to wait to Sunday to get there to get it you can wake up in the morning and you can walk behind the veil of that of the, of the flesh into the presence of God into the Holy of Holies well praise God let us draw near with a heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from any evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering for His faithful that promised it. Can't you just see the, the line tonight about God's faithful with His promises? He said his blood would wash us. He said, come, let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. That's why he said, come, let us reason. Let us get together. Let us work through the process. He's talking about repentance. Hello? And he's talking about that coming blood of Jesus Christ that would wash us from all sin. Oh, praise God. Everybody say hope. I'm going to end with this hope of a heavenly home that's why the writer said if I had hope in this life only I would be of all men most miserable it was John chapter 14 that Jesus said these words the writer said these words let not your heart be troubled you believe in God believe also in me For in my Father's house are many mansions, and if it were not so, I would have told you. i go to prepare a place for you, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again to receive you unto myself that where I am ye may be also. Folks, you know I've preached it a million times. He ain't talking about building mansions in heaven. He's going to prepare a place, and he went straight to Calvary. Read the rest of the chapter, and you'll find he's talking about his going away and his coming in the spirit of the Holy Ghost. Uh, and the place that he was going to prepare for them, brother Lee, was going to be a place that would forever offer all mankind hope. Everybody say hope. Let's go a little bit further. We find that in Thessalonians chapter four, verse sixteen through eighteen, there is a hope set before us. Hey, come on, saints of God, we got to we got to preach about the coming of the Lord more. We got to talk about the coming of the Lord more because this is right around the corner. We don't know. It may be the next week. It may be in another twenty years, fifty years. We don't know. But we got to be looking for it every single day. But not in a begrudging or fearful state of mind. What? Watch what the scripture says. Let's look at verse 16. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, and the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ, those that have gone before us shall rise first. Watch this now. This is a promise from God. This is an assurance. It's going to happen. Then we which are alive and remain shall be, everybody say shall be, caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord. I'm talking about Jesus Christ. We're going to meet him in the air, and then so shall we ever be with the Lord. What a hope, Brother Lee, to know that when that trumpet sounds, and we're with the Holy Ghost, we're going to be caught up with those precious saints that died in Christ, Oh, uh, and we're going to meet the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, that's something to hold on to tonight. That's something worth living for God for. That's something that determines in our heart, I'm not going to give up. I'm not. Going going to let up now because my eyes or our eyes is fixed upon that cloud of heaven that one of these days there's going to come a trumpet sound and a twinkling of an eye we shall all be changed hello somebody that's a hope that we have every one of us have a hope that we can live for God and we will make it oh praise God now look at the 18th verse wherefore Wherefore, because of this promise, the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air and there shall we ever be with the Lord. That's a great hope. And it doesn't say, now when you talk about the rapture, you know, kind of hope it don't come for a long time. No, it said comfort one another With these words. You know how we comfort one another, Maddie? With these words. Because that's hope given to us. That we're not bound to this world. That one day we're going to be changed. The incorruptible shall take on, or the corruptible shall take on incorruption. The mortal shall take on the immortal. Come on, and we're gonna be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye, and we're gonna transform from this old earth, and all the pains and the heartaches and the temptations and the stress factors and all the battles and all the problems, all the tears, and all the sorrows and all the things that we've gone through here on earth. It's gonna be over. I don't know about you, friend. I think I do, but that's that's a pretty good hope. In fact, I'll go a little further. That's an awesome hope. That this my hope is not in this world only. Come on, somebody. That's why Paul said, "If my hope was on this in this world only, I would be of all men most miserable." You don't have to be miserable, but there's a hope that one of these days—I don't know whether it happened in my lifetime—I've got a personal preference. I'd like to go in the rapture. How many of you like to go in the rapture? Huh? How many of you are ready to go right now tonight? Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Where's your mother hands? And we went way down. Now, we had a bunch of hands up. And when I said tonight, <laughs> hello? I ain't getting a busload ready to round. I'm just asking if you're ready tonight. The Lord could come tonight we ought to encourage one another, comfort one another with these words, we have a hope. It's not going to always be like this. One day our trials are going to be a while. One day our storms are going to be ceased. One thing our pain in this old world and our heartache is going to be no longer. There shall be no more sea. There shall be no hindrance. There shall be no barriers there. And from now on, there's going to be a time with Jesus, and it's all over. He shall, God shall wipe away the tears from our eyes. That's hope, my friend and I hope I go in the rapture but if I don't I'll, catch up, I'll let you catch up with me i plan on making it you know used to when they did prayer requests and testimony pray that I'll make heaven my home words like I gotta make it come on we need to encourage one another you know young people this world's getting crazier by the day but this world ain't your hope. I tell you where your hope is when you've been born again of the water and the spirit, and you become entering a citizen of another country, which is the kingdom of God. Then your hope is no longer in this world. But one of these days, I don't, it, you know, no, I don't know what what age you'll be, but I know one thing: if you're living for God, and this rapture takes place, you're going to be caught up. Goodbye, world. Goodbye. I'm telling you, that ought to make us live for God every day. That ought to make us cross the keys and dot the eyes, and not worry about what I have to give up or what I have to do and just say, I want to be focused. I want to do whatever it takes because we want to make heaven. We don't want to miss the rapture. We don't want to miss this golden opportunity. Everybody say, the hope set before us. Now, 2 Corinthians 5 and 1 says, For we know that if our earthly house, this tabernacle, was dissolved, we have a building of God and house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens, Can I tell you, if your name's written on the Lamb's Book of Life, in the Lamb's Book of Life, there is a home already with your name on it. I believe it's already prepared for you. It's ready to go. There's a home. It wasn't made with hands, but it's eternal in the heavens. Woo! Well, praise God. Hallelujah. Anyhow, come on, somebody. Y'all need to get more excited. I'm out of breath. war slap out. I'm so excited. But Sammy, you ought to run the aisles on this. Woo, now we're talking. I didn't tell him, too. I just said he ought to. You don't have to do much to get But Sammy running the aisles. Come on, and that's all right. I'm talking about comfort. People going through stuff. People are on their deathbeds, sick with terminal illnesses. We want to pray for a miracle, but we can comfort them with these words. Oh, praise God. We have a hope, eternal, a home, eternal in the heavens. Woo! Revelation, chapter 21, verse 1 through 7, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he would dwell with them, and they shall be his people and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. It's over. No more tears. There'll be no more death. There'll be no more sorrow. There'll be no more crying. there I don't know about you folks. That's pretty exciting right there. That, that's words of hope. No more crying. There shall not be any more pain for the former things of this world. I put that word in their world. Things are passed away. And he that sat up on the throne said, Behold, I make all things Things new and he said unto me "Right, for these are the words these words are true and faithful and he said unto me it is done I am alpha and omega the beginning and the end and I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely can I tell you what he says it is done I am alpha and omega we have finalized and we have made it could you stand on your feet tonight and I'm talking about Brother Lee, a hope that is set before us. There's going to come a rapture. It's going to take place. You hear me tonight? There's going to be a rapture, and if we're living, we've got a hope to be that is set before. Hello. There's a hope. There's a real heaven, and we have a hope that is set. But nothing can take. Look at your neighbor. Say, can't nothing take that hope away? nothing. You want to encourage a world? Go tell them they got hope. I've sat in drug classes for 20, well about 30 years actually. And I've told them about the hope and I could see they didn't believe one word I was saying because they were so bound in drugs and addiction and they had tried so many times. But I was really, I was telling them there was a real hope. And it's called Jesus Christ who can wash away all our sins. Who can set us totally free from every bondage, every addiction that we ever had. Could we lift our hands to heaven tonight? I'm talking about a hope that is set. Hope is something that hasn't happened yet. That is set, secure, steadfast, unmovable. And it's before us. Available to whosoever will. It was available to my old granddad. When he was an Irish drunk sharecropper. The night God filled him with the Holy Ghost. And he never drank again. Come on, there was hope. Hello, you could give your testimony tonight. You could walk back down memory lane where you were at. You could find the place where you were far from God. But when you started looking for hope, you looked straight to Calvary. And you looked to a God who had the power because of his love and his mercy. I'm talking about a hope that is set before us. I want to open these altars tonight. I want to encourage you. There's a hope for you, my friend. If you're here and you don't have the Holy Ghost, there's a hope for you tonight. If you're here and you need a miracle in your life, there's a hope for you. If you're here tonight and you maybe you've been lukewarm and struggling and you walk with God, there's a hope for you. Come on. Hope. Available for all of us no matter what you need from God there's hope there's hope every head bowed every eye closed let's talk to God tonight I'm talking about the hope that is set before us